Seattle Sports Saturdays with Curtis Rogers and Taylor Jacobs. On 710 ESPN Seattle. Fire up the Thin Lizzy because the boys are back in town right here on 710 ESPN Seattle. This is Seattle Sports Saturday. He is Taylor Jacobs. I'm Curtis Rogers. We're with you for just an hour here this morning on 710 as we get you all the way up to Mariners pregame, which starts at noon. They take on Cleveland in game two of that three-game series. Uh, some couple of roster moves made this morning by the Mariners. We'll get into those later on in the show. But, Taylor, it's been a minute. Uh, things have changed for Seattle Sports Saturday, at least uh, at the home base for one of us over the last month or so. Uh, but good to be back with you. Good to be back with, with everybody tuning in here this morning. Uh, and, I mean, lots going on. Russell Wilson speaking a couple days ago. The Mariners doing what they do. Uh, plenty to get to within this hour of Seattle Sports Saturday. Yeah, it's feel, it feels like it's been a little bit of a roller coaster since you've been gone, Curtis. We've had no Seahawk news, too much Seahawk news, no Mariner news, all the Mariner news, players up, players down, Storm doing great, two, two different coaches for the Storm in the different times that we've last chatted as well. Root Sports has entered the 21st century, so yeah, uh, I think things are going great here in the Northwest. Perfect timing for us to get back on air. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think since we last met, since we last, since our heroes last joined us, uh, the Mariners had been no-hit twice. Uh, Jared Kelnick had been called up and sent down. Uh, Coach K retired. Uh, th- there's just so oh, yeah. many storylines that have happened within the last month or so. Uh, but we're back here on this Saturday, and I- I'm looking forward to what we've got in store. You can always, always join in on the conversation. The Mac and Jack's text line, 710-710 is where you want to be if you want to join in on anything that we're saying here this afternoon or this uh, late morning heading into the the afternoon uh but taylor let's waste no more time we've been chomping at the bit so let's get after it with this hour's big three number one well voluntary otas continue this week keyword there voluntary but there was still a bounty of seahawks news to talk about russell wilson spoke to the media for the first time since his public comments back in february and the rumors started swirling about his off-season plans or where he would like to play, he reaffirmed that he wants to spend his entire career here in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. So we'll dive a little bit more into those comments at 11.15. What do they mean? You buying them? And what really happened this off-season? Who won between the team, Russell, and, and maybe even the fans? So some other notable news Some notable names not present at those voluntary OTAs. Jamal Adams, Quandre Diggs, Dwayne Brown, Chris Carson, Tyler Lockett, to name a few. But again, they're voluntary. Some of those are personal. Some of those we know potentially could be contract-related. So we'll keep an eye on some of those names as we move towards the non-voluntary section of OTAs. But Michael Dixon, speaking of contracts, gets his new deal, four-year deal, $14.7 million, second-highest-paid punter behind Johnny Hecker of the Rams, $6.5 million signing bonus, and that deal lowers his cap number by about $1.1 million. Number two. 
Well, it feels like ages ago at this point, but Jared Kelnick's first goal around in the bigs was given a merciful pause this week as the Mariners sent him back down to Tacoma following an 0-for-39 slump. He saw his batting average dip down below 100 to 0-96 before getting the trip back to AAA. He since rebounded all right, coming up with a run-scoring double during his time down in AAA over the last few days. You want some more grim news? Well, unfortunately, Kyle Lewis, he underwent minor surgery to repair a torn meniscus in that right knee that has been bothersome for him over the season's first few months. He's, his return still unknown. How about maybe a little bit of a palate cleanser? Well, after nearly a decade toiling in the minor leagues and in independent ball, Dylan Thomas making his major league debut for the M's, and he made quite the first impression, driving in two and also making a web gem in his first ever game. Maybe not even the most notable web gem of the week by the Mariners. That title goes to Jake Fraley with the excellent call made by Aaron Goldsmith on the Root Sports call of that one. Uh, going viral in his own right. Uh, But the Mariners, they meet the Cleveland Indians today in game two of their weekend series, and that immediately follows us with the pregame starting at noon. First pitch at 110 right here on 710. Uh, Some more roster moves being made today. Dylan Moore looks as though he'll be in the lineup for the Mariners returning from his injury and his rehab stint in AAA. Number three. Well, led by Brianna Stewart and Jewel Lloyd, the Storm beat the Atlanta Dream, raising their team's record to 9-2, keeping the team undefeated on the road to start the season. Stewie scored 11 of her 18 points in the first half to help the Storm take a 45-35 point lead into halftime. She finished with 13 rebounds as Seattle again approved to 4-0 away from home this year. And in spite of all the early season Coaching changes and retirements and new installation of head coach Noel Quinn. The team continues to succeed. Stewie ranks in the top five for both points per game and rebounds per game, while Sue Bird, the legend, the GOAT, still in the top five uh, for assists per game. So great to see that. And coming up, the top team in the West, which would be your Seattle Storm, taking on the top team in the East, the Connecticut Sun tomorrow at 11 a.m. So mark your calendars, Curtis. I know you got a free Sunday, so. Oh, yeah. I've got nothing going on. Might as well go no. hop up to uh, Everett. I believe it's it's a home game for Seattle tomorrow, so shout out to the Storm. A lot of people kind of wondered if they were going to be able to run it back after their championship season a year ago. They made a lot of moves uh, dealing some starters from that championship squad. People kind of wondered, could they be able to replicate what they did a year ago? So far, so good. A 9-2 and two start in this season. Shout out to the Seattle Storm. That is this hour's Big Three and some honorable mentions. Uh, we're going to squeeze some national headlines into our local one because we normally lead off the first hour with a local Big Three. But since we're only a one-hour show today, we got to fit some more in. So some honorable mentions. Let's keep it local, though. You mentioned Root Sports off the top of the show there, Taylor. Uh, the news this week reported by Ryan S. Clark of The Athletic that Root Sports is reportedly in negotiations with multiple streaming services after adding the Kraken and Trailblazers broadcast rights starting in the 21-22 season. That's great news for people who don't have cable, which is a growing number of people in in this area, in this country. And look... If you want eyes on your product, streaming is a very viable way to go because uh, cable's just not where it once was uh, to the consumer. And 
look, that that's good news for Kraken fans. It's good news for Blazer fans. I know there's not a ton of Blazers fans up in our area, but it's also great news for Mariners fans because Root Sports, obviously home of the Seattle Mariners. There's plenty of Mariners fans in town who have not been able to watch, uh, at least legally, uh, <laughs> over the last few years. Um, but, yeah, this is just a tremendous, tremendous step forward. I am praying that this deal gets done with the likes of like Hulu Live and YouTube TV, places like that. Yeah, it's a, in, in the wise words of LeBron James, it's about dang time. Man, it's been so long. My prediction is VPN subscriptions in Seattle will take a drastic drop as soon as this happens because, uh, like you mentioned, Curtis, people have been skirting around trying to figure out ways to stream stream their favorite team here in the Northwest. So uh, and, and so needed. Look, it, with the Kraken coming, the Trailblazers, one of the top teams in the NBA. Yes, they're out of the playoffs already, but Dame is one of the best stars to watch in the NBA new team the mariners with their up and coming stars to 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 package that with the streaming deal i think it's going to be perfect timing for roots so you know hey look if if more people are watching and listening to sports i think it's a win for everyone here so let's uh let's keep it going Absolutely. And then also uh, some honorable mentions from the national scene, the college football playoff committee meeting to discuss whether an expansion of teams for the playoff makes sense. The number that has been being thrown about is 12. It would be the top six conference champions and then six at large teams. I worry though, that this might become the sec invitational, but it does give the Pac-12 a much better shot at putting a team in this college football playoff, something we have not seen since, what, 2016 when the Huskies got there. Uh, long overdue, I know George Klievkoff, the Pac-12, the new Pac-12 commissioner, he's made it a point to say, hey, the revenue sports are our most important. we got to focus on those rather than you know all of those because if football and basketball are doing well, that's a lot more revenue to spread around for all the other sports. Uh, I like this for the Pac-12. I just wish the Pac-12 had been good enough to be a challenger when it was a four-team playoff rather than potentially a 12-team. Yeah, obviously it's going to be a little bit more difficult to win those more games consecutively to win the title. Obviously having 12 versus 4, only two games to win win it all. But yeah, like you mentioned, Curtis, this is great. This is much needed. The, The conference championship should bring a little bit extra... You know, something it should be it it should matter. So having those teams qualify for this 12 team and let's not forget the the at large bids and some of those teams, the small teams, you know, the central uh, Florida's of the world wanting that chance to try and play. The people's champs, right? They want that chance to try and play in that tournament. So let's see it. Let's expand the tournament and let's see who the true champion is. And I think that this will be a better way to truly crown uh, a champion of college football. So I'm here for it. And hey, look, more elite college football games. No issue with that. Absolutely. Uh, You can never get enough football in the fall season. And if it means more competitive college football games, I'm all for it. Now, that remains to be seen because a lot of the college football playoff games, especially that first round, have been kind of clunkers. There have been very few classics, but 
more games, there's more opportunities for some classics. And then internationally, we've got Euro 2020 going on in 2021. Very very serious, scary sight this morning uh, in the match between Denmark and Finland. That'd be Christian Eriksen of Denmark. He collapsed on the field during the 43rd minute of to, of this morning's match between Denmark and Finland. Uh, Eriksen has been transferred to the hospital and has been stabilized. He's conscious, but a very frightening scene if you're watching live obviously uh, those images going to be burned in the back of your head Uh, just so unfortunate to see but really encouraging news in the immediate aftermath of that obviously when those situations happen you think back to Hank Gathers of Loyola Marymount in the 90s uh, where he collapsed on the court and and obviously he passed away but luckily you know we're seeing a much better outcome here, at least in the immediacy for uh, Christian Eriksen. So uh, keep him in your thoughts and prayers today, uh, because that is something no sports fan wants to see. Because that is just an incredibly serious and scary situation. Yeah, wild teens this morning, Curtis. Uh, about an hour ago, I didn't know how the, the the beginning of this show would go, whether or not we would be leading the show with some some of the most devastatingly breaking news possible. Uh, so this news very encouraging. UEFA put out a statement saying that he was transferred to the hospital and he was stabilized. There are now gay images showing him conscious, leaving the field. Um, so it is uh, positive news so far. So let's keep hoping for more positive news in that regard. The whole world collectively holding their breath, sports fans holding their breath. So uh, good positivity all around that situation is what we're hoping for. So, uh, yeah, scary things, but good news recently so absolutely absolutely well coming up in this hour we're going to take a look at the Mariners outfield situation because at one point it looked like there was too many guys to go around but all of a sudden now that's kind of thinned out we'll talk about what one veteran player's place on this roster might be come the second half of the season but up next we heard from Russell Wilson for the first time since the comments he made back in February about really everything going on with Seattle's offense his place in the organization what did we learn from Seattle's quarterback in those comments made this week at Seahawks OTAs we talk that next year on Seattle Sports Saturday Seattle Sports Saturdays with Curtis Rogers and Taylor Jacobs on 710 ESPN Seattle. It's voluntary OTAs, and we're seeing a lot of the veterans for the Seahawks, the guys that we all know by name, uh, we all know by their face. They're back at camp this week, or at least most of them. There's still a few that are out right now, as Taylor mentioned in the Big Three last segment, but the main guy, the guy who we've all had our eyes and ears affixed to this offseason, Russell Wilson, back speaking to the media, telling us basically his side of the story, his side of the last, oh, four months of this offseason. And Taylor, I got to be honest, we didn't really hear much from him but that's probably a good thing because that means Russell Wilson is in football mode. And when Russell Wilson's in football mode, you're not going to hear much from him over the course of a football season. Russ, from about January to April, 
He's going to do his award shows. He's going to do his his TikTok videos on social media. He's going to do all the things that, you know, There's I think there's a certain section of, of football fans that are kind of like rolling their eyes at him. But once June hits, once OTAs hit, Russell Wilson goes to work better than just about anybody. And I think that, to me, is one of the biggest things we can take away from what he said this week at OTAs. Yeah, it, it's it, it was just, again, a few months ago, Curtis, we were in this weird conundrum, remember, where it was like, Russell Wilson wants out? Hold on, there's a list of teams that Mark, his agent, is putting out there to the public? Like, th- these were mere days ago, and to hear this, I think, to me, put some of my sort of early worries at ease. And like you mentioned, Curtis, he has been in sort of that off-season mode. But we've also heard from Jake Heaps. This is some of the best off-season shape and some of the best off-season workouts he's been getting in that he's ever seen from Russell Wilson. That's including some of the years, you know, he was snubbed for an MVP vote. I'm not saying he should have been MVP, but at least votes for MVP. So the fact that he's taking all of that and improving and he's still getting better I think has to be encouraging as this team again continues to build and and the window to win Super Bowls is you know there's it closes with every year that Russell plays for the Seahawks so um but are you buying everything he put out there I know earlier we heard this list of teams Curtis do you buy that there was never really any intent that he wanted out or any of that like he said in this presser it's hard for me to buy that he didn't want out or buy that Mark Rogers didn't want him out. I think that's maybe where more of the list and, and the idea that Russell Wilson was frustrated with the Seahawks. I think that may have been sort of the root of, of that issue is Mark Rogers. But Rogers is doing what agents do. They want the, they want to make the best situations for their clients as possible. But to me, I, I just it, it's hard for me to say that it was blown or when I hear that Russell Wilson says, you know, the, the comments I made were blown out of proportion by the media. I don't necessarily buy that because it was Mark Rogers who released that list of four teams to the media. If he didn't do that, the conversation surrounding Russell Wilson this offseason would have been drastically different. That would have been, is he happy? Is he, you know, okay here in Seattle rather than is he going to be back in Seattle? That to me is the biggest difference. Now, one thing I will say about Russell Wilson and in his preparation and what we've heard from Jake Heaps, you know, over the last week or so with Russ being back at OTAs, the, one of the most encouraging things that I've heard from Russ this offseason is just how ticked off he is at the at how last season ended and how ticked off he was watching the Super Bowl from a luxury box sitting next to Roger Goodell. And, and in that moment, he was texting Jake Heaps. We all know the scene. We all remember watching that in the Super Bowl this year. Mm-hmm. That is such a stark contrast from what Russell Wilson has said at the end of most seasons in his NFL career. What do we always hear from Russell Wilson at the end of the Seahawks' final game, that press conference, the final press conference, you know, wherever they get eliminated in the postseason? It's like, oh, I'm getting that 2012 feeling all over again. It feels like we're building towards something special here. He didn't say that, or at least he hasn't said that in a while here. He's talked about how frustrating it was to watch the playoffs from home this year after they were eliminated in the first round. That, to me, is very encouraging because it it doesn't try to paint a picture of what it's not. Like it, 
let's it wasn't a harmonious end of the season. It saw people lose their jobs, mainly Brian Schottenheimer. It saw a, a drastic change in philosophy with this Seahawks organization, and now the pieces are in place. They're trying to get everything in motion. I hope that they can build off of the pressure that has been put on the organization. Yeah, it, it was almost uh, – I'm going to use some wrestling references here as Curtis has a Hardy Boys t-shirt on. So it sparked, oh, my, sparked my brain Swanton here. Swanton bombs going on here. Right. It, it was that heel turn that none of us really saw coming, and we, where Russell sort of had all of these things out there and the rumors were swirling. He wasn't saying anything to stop them, nor was he saying anything to, to really encourage them happening. So we were all on this sort of weird – sort of nebulous of not understanding, but then he comes back. He is the true babyface leader we love and 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 adore here in this city. And yeah, you're right. I, I'm excited to see what a motivated, angry Russell Wilson will look like. Because if it, if it's what his off-season workouts have been looking like, and that continues into the regular season and into his play, then I think we're going to see him elevate his game with a, a a year older DK Metcalf, a year wiser Tyler Lockett, another contract Chris Carson, you know what I mean? Some of these things are are going to be in place there for him to go there and really succeed um, this season because there's a lot of pressure on this season and they have to win and they got to win a lot of games and they got to go to the playoffs and probably win a couple of games in the playoffs to make sure everything is right here with Russell and the organization going forward and that the window isn't closing next season, that there is a few more seasons left in that window. Oh, absolutely. I think anything less than a conference championship this year is, is going to be chalked up as, as a failure, at least falling short of where this team should be in what is it year 10 for Russell Wilson he's already been in the NFL for a decade and he's Ooh. you know he's a top 3 or 4 quarterback in the league like if you've got somebody like that throwing passes for your team conference championship should be the end goal now taylor when we look at what the Seahawks have done so far this offseason specifically on the offensive side of the ball is it too early to say that Russell Wilson has gotten what he wanted or do you think that what the moves they've made, you know, adding Gerald Everett, Gabe Jackson on the offensive line, drafting D. Eskridge. Do you think that the Seahawks have done the best they could have done in order to give Russell Wilson what he wanted? Yeah, don't forget, I think the biggest move of all there, the Shane Waldron hire. And I think really quote-unquote updating the offensive scheme, right? We don't know what that's going to look like, right? And even the media, the, the plays they run at practice are so vanilla that we'll never get to see what they're truly working on offensively. But come game one, that regular season, we're going to see some of the things that they've been installing in this offseason and what it looks like. And look, he's not inventing new routes. We've heard that all week. He's not inventing new ways to run the football. But it's how you put those things together, right? And it's how you stack and add these things up and scheme. And when you see a defense, what you're all putting together. So to me, from my outsider perspective, having that new set of eyes, having that new offense, adding the pieces like you mentioned, Curtis, not going too crazy, not taking anything away from the defense as well, right? Not having to trade Bobby Wagner for a third-round pick, you know, just to try and take a flyer on some random – 
number three receiver, right? Not selling everything to, to try and improve this offense, but taking steps forward and making sure some of those pieces like Jamal Adams can still be re-signed and restructured so that they can be a big part of the future as well. So if I'm Russell Wilson, if I'm the quarterback of this team and I'm just, I can only speak for myself, I'm happy and I'm, and I'm feeling good about things. What about you? You feeling good? I think I'm feeling good with where the team is at right now. If they brought back KJ Wright, I'd be a lot more comfortable heading into this next season. I think that is a move that would just give everybody just the biggest sigh of relief uh, over the next couple of months. Now, as we've seen with John Schneider in this front office, the Seahawks tend to be very active in the trade market going into training camp or at least a couple weeks into training camp. So who's who knows if they're done and making any sort of big moves. We heard this week uh, from Jake Heaps that Akeem Hicks is a name that he's got a lot of interest in as a potential addition for the Seahawks. Maybe there are some other guys out there on the defensive line. Um, you know, we we know the pass rush situation is a little bit better than what it's been uh, over the last couple of seasons. Much more depth there, but uh, not a ton of help up front on the D line, especially with Jaron Reed no longer being a Seahawk. He's with Kansas City now, so uh, moves still to be made. I think for the Seahawks organization, I look forward to seeing what it is. By the way, if you miss any of today's Seattle Sports Saturday, the podcast page is where you want to go. Seven Ten Sports dot com. Click on podcast every hour of every single show we've got here on 710 is available at your fingertips for download. You can download Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcasts. Coming up next, Mariners, they take on Cleveland. Pre-game show starts in a half hour. So what will the Mariners do with their lone all-star lock, Mitch Hanniger. There is plenty to get to in this conversation. We're going to do our best to wrap it up before Mariners pregame comes your way in a half hour. That's all coming your way right here on Seattle Sports Saturday. Seattle Sports Saturdays with Curtis Rogers and Taylor Jacobs. On 710 ESPN Seattle. We've got roster moves. Mariners making a couple before the start of today's game. We knew that Dylan Moore was going to be in the lineup, but what were the corresponding moves? Well, Dylan Moore and right-handed reliever Johan Ramirez both were called from AAA Tacoma. The corresponding moves, Dylan Thomas optioned back down to Tacoma and Donovan Walton optioned, and then Jacob Nottingham, he has been outrighted to AAA uh, after they DFA'd him. So I guess Jacob Nottingham can kind of unpack his suitcase for a little bit. That guy has unfortunately Ugh. been uh, – he's been racking up the miles, at least the frequent flyer miles between here and Milwaukee. Uh, maybe Tacoma is uh, the spot for him right now. But, uh, yeah, those are the moves made by the Mariners today as they get set for game number two. Pre-game comes your way in less than 30 minutes. Shane and Dreyer, she'll have more on those moves made by the Mariners as they look to get back on the winning side of things and force, uh, you know, maybe get a series victory here against Cleveland on Sunday if they can pick up a win today. But, Taylor, the Mariners right now are, well, I think at the beginning of the season there was a a common talking point on this team about their outfield depth, kind of like where are they going to find the uh, the at-bats for all of these guys that they have in their organization. And if I had told you on June 12th right now, uh, if I had told you back on, what, March 1st or so, that 
Kyle Lewis and Jared Kilnick would not be in the Mariners lineup right now. I can't imagine you'd have a very encouraging feeling about where the rebuild is at and where this team is right here in 2021. Cause those two guys, there is a lot riding on them and, and just what they can be as major leaguers. Yeah, it's it, it, it's both remarkable and terrifying at the same time. Just watch these two guys come up, play at the top of their level. We, we've seen it from Kyle Lewis for a little bit more time, obviously, than Kelnick. And Kelnick struggled, and we saw, you know, towards the end of his time up at the, in the bigs that, you know, he really struggled at the plate, and it was a lot of the mental part of things. So, um I would be stunned if you had told me that March 1st, Curtis. I think I would be, again, terrified and also very curious about how things are happening. But, again, we anticipate this is growing pains for Jared Kelnick. I don't think this is who he is. I don't think it's the type of player he'll be at the major league level. I think going down, focusing on that mental part and how to get out of slumps will be a great learning experience for him. He's never failed. Someone mentioned that this this week on 710, that at all the levels, he's raked. I mean, like truly been a, a phenomenal baseball card statistical phenom. And, and the fact that he actually had some struggles at the major league was the first, you know, I don't want to call it adversity, but it, the adversity in his playing career that he sort of experienced. So it's great for him to go down and learn. Kyle Lewis, the injury, obviously, you never want to see, and you're hoping he can bounce back from that. But again, it sort of leaves them, when those two guys are back, the questions now become, Curtis, what do you do with Mitch Haniger? What, what, what happens to this all-star that you have on, on your team, and, and what is his place in this rebuild going forward? I, I This is something that I've been going back and forth on because we've heard a lot from Jerry DePoto and we've heard a lot from Scott Service that they hope to get this rebuild jump-started next year in a way that I think this year was supposed to be sort of the groundwork for a big offseason going into the 2022 season. If you want to be a winning ball club in 2022, you want to surround this lineup or you want to fill out this lineup with as many sure things as possible. The only sure thing in this Mariners lineup through the season's first about, what, 60-something games is Mitch Haniger. He is an all-star this season. He has played to that level. He is among the American League leaders in home runs. If you want a winning ball club in 2022, Mitch Haniger is one of the easiest uh, decisions to be made in that. Now, if Haniger wants to return to this Mariners team next year, that kind of remains to be seen. But the Mariners right now absolutely, absolutely should be thinking of ways to keep Mitch Haniger happy, thinking of ways to keep him back on this ball club. Because I got to be honest, I if the Mariners want to make a postseason run in 2022 and they think that there's a better option out there in the outfield than Mitch Haniger, at least a more sure thing than Mitch Haniger, it's going to be very tough. And I don't think he's going to command a price tag that's going to put him out of the Mariners, uh, out of the Mariners budget by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, we're seeing the Mariners, you know, get these new revenue streams from the Blazers and Kraken. I mean, we saw it on social media this week. There's a, a very vocal portion of this fan base that's like, all right, you're getting all this money from your TV deal. Let's see it. Let's see it put in action here. And, 
you know, I think Haniger is one of the few guys that this team can afford to lose this offseason, whether it be through trade or, or else, where I, I don't even think they would get enough in return that would justify a trade. I, the only way I would make a trade of Mitch Haniger is if you knew you could get him back at some point. Sort of like we saw with James Paxton. They got Justice Sheffield. They brought him back this season. Unfortunately, his elbow didn't hold up. But that's the only way I would make a move on Mitch Haniger if you got an assurance from him that he would consider coming back via free agency. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you, Curtis. I, I, I want the situation to play out the way you just described it. But you mentioned him being that sure thing. Those sure players demand the most returns from teams. And you can get the most from those sure things. You may get some some flyers back in return, right? You may get some prospects and some people down at the double A, single A, hopefully maybe even that triple A level. Um, but man, I, I agree. I don't want to lose Mitch, but I just know that a player like that, especially to playoff teams, teams trying to make that push, looking for that extra little something for their lineup, Mitch would be so great as an addition. And of course, I want him to be with the Mariners, part of this rebuild as a captain leading, you know, what he did, the injuries he went through and to fight back multiple times to get back on the field. I love players like that, especially when they play for Seattle. So I I don't want to lose him. But at the same time, I, I do understand what a value he could bring on the open market to certain teams and to, and to certain situations. So. I don't want to lose him, but uh, I also understand the other side of the coin of the business side of things, and and they may unfortunately not have a place for him in the rebuild with all of these young guys behind him. Yeah, and I mean we've obviously talked about Kelnick and Lewis a lot this season, but there's also another guy in the farm system that could be even better than both of those guys, and he's certainly got off to a hot start this year with Everett and then also playing for the Dominican Republic in the Olympic qualifiers, and that's Julio Rodriguez. And I mean, his development could be the ultimate wrench into any plans that they may have for Mitch Haniger or really the rest of this outfield going forward because uh, who's to say he could be, you know, he, you know, he could be better than any of these guys. He could be a generational talent as well. Uh, and I think it's interesting how we've gone from at one point this off season saying, "Oh, the Mariners have too many outfielders," to where it's like, "Oh, you can never have enough," you know, guys at one position, especially in baseball. And, and with the draft coming up a month from now, it's going to happen over the All Star break. I mean, if the Mariners go ahead and take another outfielder, I'm not going to be mad because the chances that all of these guys are going to hit in in Major League Baseball that are going to become superstars. It's tiny. Even though these guys are as heralded as they are, it's no sure thing. And to you know, stock up your position groups with as much talent as possible, that's really hedging your bets. And not only that, Curtis, I think things would be a little bit different if they were in the National League. Having that DH spot as well, you know, sort of that emergency space in case you can't lose that person's bat is so great to have. But it, it's not a solve all fix all. It's a stopgap. So, yes, it's nice to have the DH spot here in the American League, and you could slide someone theoretically over there. But again, the young guys are going to want to play, and they're going to want to be a big part of this organization, and they're going to want to be in that outfield playing every day and know that they have that role in this 
organization, but will all of them even be there at that level? That's still way yet to be written. Absolutely. Uh, what should the Mariners do with Mitch Hanniger? Text that into the Mac and Jacks text line 710-710. What would you do with Mitch Hanniger? Do you think he is a piece for the 2022 season, or is this something that you could see the Mariners making a trade on uh, come the trade deadline at the end of July? That is the question for the text line. But coming up next, we're only with you for an hour, so we'll get you our shout-outs next as Mariners pregame comes your way in about 15 minutes from now. This is Seattle Sports Saturday. Seattle Sports Saturdays with Curtis Rogers and Taylor Jacobs. On 710 ESPN Seattle. Well, this is how we wrap up every single Seattle Sports Saturday, and that is with shout-outs. Text yours in to the Mac and Jacks text line, 710-710. Normally we do those at 1245, but today we're only with you for an hour as Mariners pregame gets underway in about uh, 13 minutes from now here on 710 ESPN Seattle. Uh, just so good to be back with you guys. It's been a while. Uh from the 360, Rainbow and I shout out the best show on radio. Missed you guys. Shout out to the new Papa and all the good fathers. That kind of maybe gives away my shout out here. Uh, but thank yeah. you so much, 360, uh, for those those words there. Uh, yeah, a, a month ago today, uh, a day that my wife, Brenna, and I, we will obviously never forget, and that is the day we welcomed our baby girl, Willa Joy, into the world uh, for the very first time. She is uh, currently in our living room uh, trying to put her down for a little bit of a nap today because uh, she didn't sleep so well last night. But, uh, I mean, it, it's cliche that you know having a kid is one of the biggest like life-changing moments, but I – my life has changed so much within the last four weeks uh, since she joined this world, and it's only for the better. Like she has made uh, myself a much better person. She's made our our family so much better, so much more complete. Uh, I love her to pieces. We love her to pieces. And shout out to my wife, who I draw a ton of inspiration from, and just seeing her and just seeing how. Uh, you know, how strong she was delivering uh, our baby girl. Because uh, it went quick, about 3 o'clock in the morning, just kind of peeling back the curtain a little bit. My wife started getting contractions. And then about 3.30 is when we left for the hospital. We checked in at 4, and Willa joined us at 7 a.m. So it was really, really quick in how it went. Um, uh, just shout out to her for you know, being as strong as she is, um, you know, I, I watch her with, with our baby girl and I'm just like, how did I get so lucky? I, I don't even know, but, um, yeah, it's just been an incredible last four weeks and I'm looking forward to the, the, the rest of, of my life with, with Willa because, uh, you know, just seeing her and seeing how she's grown over just these four weeks, it's been remarkable. And it, it, it's wild to think that, like she doesn't even have that newborn look anymore. She looks like a baby and it just goes by so quick. And every parent that I've talked to, they say the same thing that it it will go by quick. And boy, I, I wish it would slow down just a little bit. 
Yeah, cherish, cherish it, cherish the moments while you're living in them because, like you said, they go really quickly. And loving the text line, showing you so much love, Curtis, to the whole Rogers family. Now that it's extended, it's it's grown a little bit, and uh, we're really happy. I know Molly and I all speak for her. Uh, we're we're both really happy that Willa and Brenna and you are all healthy and happy and excited that uh, you you're a brand new extended family. So. Uh, Love it. Love you guys. And uh, happy to be back talking about it on air. Can't believe it's been a month yeah. since we've been talking sports. But uh, world, big worldly things happened in your life. So uh, I'm glad that th- those things were the reason why we were off air and not something something else like we were a year and some change ago now. So, uh, But yeah, some good shout outs coming in here. Shout outs from Edmonds. We got some shout outs here to... Uh, their daughter Gloria, who helps listen or listens to us while they help can jalapenos. So, if you'd like to send us some canned jalapenos, I think yeah. Curtis and I would love to take some. Sounds great. Uh, shout out to all the seniors around the state graduating this month, especially oh, the athletes, yeah. band, choir. I know I fall I fall into two of those categories as I played in band and I was an athlete, so I love that. And all the folks who missed out on. You know, their seasons, the shortened seasons, the shortened school years, the weird school years, the digital school years. Give them a shout out, as always. Uh, for me, quickly, uh, my two shout outs, first and, and foremost, to the, to the Danish national soccer team, who is now back on the field playing after losing their number 10, Christian Eriksen. Uh, after he collapsed in the 43rd minute, they have resumed the game. They are playing. So to the Danish players able to finish that game uh, in, in front of their fellow country people, that is so cool to see because they're playing in Copenhagen. So shout out to that matchup. It's going on on ESPN. Throw it on while you listen to the pregame show. And then my last one here, uh, I've mentioned him a couple times, my buddy Kendall Roquet. Crokey or Croquet C K R I'm all over the place. K R zero Q U E on Instagram. He actually uh, designed a pair of Mariners uh, inspired Air Jordan ones that are on sale right now through the shoe surgeon who's like a really famous shoe customizer. So what an opportunity to represent the Northwest, to represent Seattle for Kendall, for us. I will mention the shoes are a bit pricey, so they will stretch your wallet a bit if you're looking to purchase them. But I mean, so cool if you want to support Kendall. Again, like I said, his Instagram page, KR0QUE. He's a great buddy of mine, uh, and I just appreciate all the work that he does representing the Northwest and the sneaker world. And and those are my shout outs. And of course, Willa, the newest member of Seattle Sports oh. Saturdays. So you got to love that. And uh, again, the, the, the texts keep pouring in here f- with support for you guys. So we love that. And keep them coming. Keep your shout outs coming in. Uh, we love this. Yeah. We love being back on air. Yeah, we absolutely do. And uh, it, it's it's really cool to see all the all the words of encouragement from everybody texting in on the text line. Jen and Beaverton, I see you out there in the 503. Uh, getting back to that text, though, about the high schoolers and, and just their graduation coming up here over the next few days here in the state of Washington. I mean, so many of us, uh, pretty much every one of us, had that quintessential high school experience at least that quintessential senior year I mean there are obviously others that that did not get to experience that for differing circumstances but this year's like senior class for high school I mean they had it so much differently than everybody else and 
it probably left a little bit of a bitter taste in their mouth just because, you know, you didn't get to experience all that in all that is your senior year in high school. And uh, shout out to them for, for just persevering, pushing through, um, you know, nobody, nobody asked for the last year plus, believe me. And uh, for them to be able to put on that cap and gown and walk and, and, and be able to, uh, you know, have a, a, a you know, a, a next step after high school, whether that be working or, or school, whatever. Uh, shout out to those seniors who are, are, you know, graduating here over the next couple of days because it has not been easy uh, over the last year. It's been probably one of the toughest school years uh, imaginable, probably the toughest school year imaginable from teachers to students uh, to other faculty members. I mean, it's just been crazy, crazy across the country. But uh, shout out to those students for putting in the time and the effort and being able to, to you know, experience all that it is uh, to be a senior, at least doing what we're doing here. Uh, 253 says they'll be one of the most resilient and prepared groups of young adults because of it. Love the class of 2021. I I have to agree because uh, they're dealing with a lot, uh, a lot there. Uh, So that is going to do it for our shout outs here on Seattle sports Saturday. And we hope that you are tuning in with us again next weekend. Same time, 11 to one here on 710 ESPN Seattle. Mariners baseball coming your way next. Game number two of this three-game series against Cleveland in Cleveland. Dylan Moore back in the lineup today for Seattle. That will do it for us. He is Taylor Jacobs. I'm Curtis Rogers. Mariners baseball next here on 710 ESPN Seattle. This has been Seattle Sports Saturday.